0: Valeria eyed the unfamiliar orc warily. His layered robes of purple and gold thread marked him out as a wealthy Grendel. But he was bedecked with innumerable trinkets, displaying all manner of emblems and devices. There was an amulet, shaped like a golden sun, a brooch in the form of a chalice wrapped in thorns, several rings that looked to be made from beaten coins, and countless more. One that particularly caught Valeria's eye was a simple clay pendant carved with a circular labyrinth. Surely he couldn't possibly be a follower of the way. Danela wove her way between the tables, heading for the kitchen with a tray of empty goblets. Valeria caught her eye and as she approached and silently mouthed who's that, while nodding almost imperceptibly in the orc's direction. Danela shrugged to indicate she didn't know, but as she brushed past she whispered, not sure, but I heard Angers call him a questioner. Valeria couldn't quite suppress a shudder. She didn't like having the Grendel drinking in their parador. But, thus far, Engers and his companions had paid their bills promptly, and started no more fights than her regulars at any rate. In fact, the presence of a dozen off-duty Grendel had ensured that even the most rambunctious Kohan thought twice about starting anything. Even so, she felt there was something sinister about the word questioner. Was he some kind of Grendel Inquisitor? A torturer? What could he possibly want at the parador of the billowing Sail? As she studied the newcomer, she realised something else. He had arrived alone and he was drinking by himself too. Engers and his friends made no move to join him or invite him to their table. The Grendel never turned up by themselves. There was always at least two or three of them, and usually more like half a dozen. Why would the others shun this one? Danella came back from the kitchen carrying a tray of, well, a single plate of food and a fresh goblet of wine. I'll take that, Valeria said, guessing it would be for their new guest. The rich Paella. Spiced pork and chunks of freshly caught fish, all cooked in golden spices, smelled mouth-watering. As it should, it was their most expensive dish they served after all. She was eager to get a closer look at their new guest. He didn't look up as she approached. He appeared lost in contemplation of one of the many amulets hanging around his neck. And as she placed a tray on a table and slid it under his nose, He suddenly spoke without looking at her. Wait. He gently put his gnarled hand on top of hers as she let go of the tray. She wasn't sure how to respond. He didn't speak again, but after a few moments, he raised his head and locked eyes with her. Moments passed, but still the orc said nothing. He just held her gaze. And after what seemed like an hour but was surely barely longer than a minute his eyes shifted to the nape of her neck instinctively she raised her free hand to cover the pendant she was wearing it was shaped like a tiny silver cup Donella had bought it for her three years ago and given it as a gift to commemorate the opening night of the billowing sale a promise Of the prosperity to come, she had said. The orc released her hand and looked down again, focusing on the plate of paella. Free to go, she turned back towards the kitchen. She glanced back on her way over. The questioner had picked up his wine goblet, and his lips were moving quickly. Perhaps he was casting a spell, or performing a ritual. He slowly tipped the goblet, letting half of their most expensive wine dribble out onto the floor. "'What's that all about?' Danella mouthed as she hurried back. This time it was her turn to shrug. She tried to look indifferent, but the truth was, the strange orc had unnerved her. Something about its intensity. She loved the billowing sail almost as much as she loved Dan. But sooner or later, they're going to have to seriously discuss whether it was time to abandon their home and flee while they still could. That was perhaps a dramatized version of some stories that I, Ban Shatterzon, captain of the Bloody Hand Mercenary Company, have been hearing about. And that unless you've been living under a rock in these darkest of darks, you'll have heard the dreadful and devastating, shameful and almost ludicrous News that the Empire has ceded some of its territory to the Grendel, specifically for Roz. Now, for any freeborn you might encounter, I would touch upon this topic with a delicate lightness. They are certainly not happy about it, and they will rue any destructive conversation that you might bring up. Nay, even any constructive notes might not be taken well, and it's best left avoided unless they raise it with you first. For those of you who aren't aware of what happened, during the Autumn Equinox, the Imperial Senate ratified a peace treaty with the Grendel Orcs. As part of the treaty, they ceded the Imperial-held regions of Feroz to the Orcs of the Broken Shore. The treaty specifies that until the start of the Spring Equinox of the year 384, Year of the Empire, or indeed almost a year from a few weeks away, Imperial citizens are free to leave Feroz with their possessions and the Grendel will not attempt to prevent them from doing so. Any who remain in the territory after that will be subject to Orc rule. The Orcs of the Broken Shore have spent the last three months consolidating their hold on the territory, moving soldiers into Afajasi and Morajasi. Their control of Feroz is not uncontested, and thanks to the treaty, the Grendel are now foreigners. They have the full protection of imperial law. Amongst other things, this means that imperial citizens are free to trade with them, and consequently, they have made a number of overtures to the empire, intending to make the most out of this opportunity for profit. Broadly, in terms of claiming Feroz. Under the treaty, one season remains for freeborn citizens living in Afarjasi and Morajasi to quit Feroz with their possessions. And when I earlier alluded to a year, that was incorrect. It was indeed barely a few weeks. Time is certainly pressing. It must be noted, however, that most freeborn from these regions have already left, but those in the south remain trapped. The Grendel governor of Feroz, Lord Rahab, has already claimed extensive holdings in the territory. His representatives are everywhere, laying down Grendel law, which is draconian, though perhaps not as bad as some might have feared, at least for the moment. Any freeborn who remain in the territory will be forced to pay significantly higher taxes, and there are restrictions against bearing arms and against practising magic. Worse, punishment operates on a sliding scale, depending on the social class of the victim, which offends the sensibilities of those used to the more egalitarian approach of imperial law. However, the element that has caused the most concern is that the Grendel favour enslavement rather than capital punishment. Execution is almost unheard of, crimes that might merit such a thing in the empire result in the culprit being enslaved and sent to the salt mines. Worse, some crimes may result in collective punishment, with a criminal and their immediate family all facing enslavement. Rahab's personal force of stoneborn are the primary peacekeepers in the territory, and are already zealously enforcing the governor's laws. The treaty gives those freeborn who dwell in Afajasi and Morajasi six months to leave the territory and some have already done so however while the treaty guarantees their right to make and take their possessions with them it is not possible to simply pack up a business that has been operated by the same family for 200 years you can't put a farm in a wheelbarrow and push it across the border to madruga Many citizens living in the north of Feroz are painfully aware of the orcs salivating on the sidelines, waiting for them to abandon their homes so that they can swoop in and pick over whatever they are forced to leave behind. Despite this, the situation is even worse in the south. The treaty says nothing about the rights of those freeborn living in Fontagenta or and some parts of the Khazar Straits. Lord Rahab's soldiers have made it plain, that they are not at liberty to leave, and any who attempt to do so are risking enslavement to even attempt it. Rahab has been clear that he expects his new subjects to work hard to fill his coffers with gold. During the autumn equinox, the Brass Coast assembled, well, their assembly upheld a statement of principle encouraging the freeborn to hold to their traditions and many citizens of Pharaohs are unsure as to how to proceed and seek guidance from the Synod. The National Assembly passed said statement during the autumn equinox to encourage the freeborn to hold on proudly to their traditions and faith. The statement raised by Sagramar E. Zayden drew on the example set by the paragon Kethri of the Kesh. Though the treaty with the Grendel guarantees that those who live in Feroz are to be untroubled, at least until the spring equinox, there is still the question about what happens after. As it currently stands, all personal belongings based in Feroz, aside from military units and fleets, will soon see a steep drop in production as only the most inventive citizens are able to move their personal holdings and to continue handling their resource. And collect at least some of their wealth. A common topic discussed in the Paradors across the Basque coast is what the people left in Feroz should do next. Some suggest that the freeborn should simply abandon Feroz for the next two years and return when the time of the treaty expires, and accompanied by the imperial armies of course. But there are others who see a grander picture and say that not only should the Freeborn remain in Feroz, but they should do it with pride and courage and make life as difficult as possible for the Grendel invaders. Still others suggest that it would be best to remain in Feroz to cooperate with the orcs of the Broken Shore and bide their time while the Empire marshals its forces. This may be the last opportunity for the Brass Coast Assembly in indeed any assembly of the Imperial Synod that has the chance to influence the situation in Feroz. Once the period of three movement guaranteed by the treaty expires, it will be very difficult for the priests to enact mandates that affect Feroz without the permission of the Grendel governor. The sticking point is that the assembly would enact a mandate urging freeborn citizens to stay in Feroz and resist Grendel domination of the territory. The freeborn inhabitants of Feroz would then carry out covert attacks on economic targets throughout the territory. This mandate would lead to chances for the heroes who attend Anvil to engage in action against the Grendel in subsequent summits. They could, and by they I mean the freeborn assembly, could encourage their people to remain in Feroz, the resistance would do what they could to fight back against the Grendel, firing granaries, stealing supplies, and robbing caravans. There would be some loss of life among the Grendel, but inspired by their corsairs, the resistance would inevitably be focused on epinomic warfare rather than murdering orcs. If this mandate is enacted, It will have a punishing effect on the governor's profits, cutting into the wealth that he can derive from the territory. His main concern however appears to be squeezing as much profit from Ferros as possible, so it will inevitably lead to reprisals from the Grendel. At the very least, there will be a significant increase in the numbers of Freeborn condemned to slavery by the Orcs of the Broken Shore, which may lead to even more people supporting the resistance, of course. The mandate will also create chances for the heroes at Anvil to support that resistance at the following summit. While a major conjunction would be out of the question, there will be smaller opportunities that would allow groups of Freeborn and those minded to support them, such as mercenary companies, you could say, to travel to Feroz and aid the resistance by attacking Grendel operations without automatically breaking the treaty. The challenge with this mandate is that encouraging the people of Feroz to oppose Rahab will mean that many of them will face summary justice at the hands of the governor and his enforcers. A prolonged resistance will weaken the Grendel and drain their coffers, but it will also bleed the freeborn of Feroz. The effects of this may not matter, beyond the tragic loss of life, of course, provided the empire returns to Feroz in force once the peace treaty expires. If the empire finds themselves unable to liberate Feroz at that time, however, and people are left waging a war they cannot win, then eventually Rahab will crush them. If the empire waits too long, then eventually there may be no freeborn people left in Feroz to rescue. As an alternative option, a sweet sorrow, you could say, the assembly could encourage all freeborn who are prepared to leave Feroz to abandon the territory. The freeborn in the west could make journey to Segura or Madruga, and this would lead to an opportunity to smuggle fleeing citizens out of the eastern regions of Feroz the following season. Now, those who were able to leave Feroz, and were keen to do so, have already left. The National Assembly could use a mandate to urge those who are still uncertain whether to abandon their homes, to leave while they can. Those as yet undecided would have to be persuaded, with everyone searching for the best route out of Feroz. Now under the terms of the treaty, everyone in al and Morajasi is free to walk to Madruga or Segura. The same is not true, however, for those currently living in the Khazar Straits. Fontagenta, or Oranseri. The open coastline in this area offers a chance for these people to escape, provided they can count on the support of their fellow citizens. Since nobody knows these treacherous waters better than the Freeborn, their fleets could slip in under the cover of darkness and smuggle their countryfolk out from under the noses of the Grendel. The orcs would undoubtedly be furious, but by the time they knew what was going on, it would be too late to do anything about it at all and perhaps best it wouldn't breach any part of the treaty And I think we all know how keen the freeborn are on the particulars of their contracts if this mandate were enacted the steady stream of people leaving Feroz would become a torrent while the freeborn are not a charitable people charitable people by nature there are ties of family and tribe that hold them together. Those refugees who had kin in Madruga or Segura would be welcomed with open arms and a place would be found for the others to pitch their tents. By no means would everybody leave for us. There are far too many people for whom such a journey is simply impossible, even with aid, but a great many would take this chance to free from the Grendel yoke. At the following summit, the Civil Service would present details of an opportunity for fleets and military units to take part in a daring operation to smuggle much of the remaining Freeborn population out of Feroz. This would be a risky endeavour, to say the least, on a significantly larger scale than the rescue of the Zemris Islanders. The Freeborn would have to ensure that there were enough fleets sent to get everybody out, Otherwise, people who fled to the coast, hoping to be rescued, would be left behind to be captured and enslaved by the Grendel. They would also need to avoid as much conflict with Grendel ships as possible. But with sufficient fleet and military support, every freeborn citizen prepared to leave Feroz could be rescued. The more citizens that are able to flee Feroz, the less profit Governor Rahab will be able to wring from the territory. It would likely damage any attempts to negotiate with the governor in future, however, and certainly would weaken him politically and economically. There would be a permanent loss in the taxation revenue for us provided to whomever controlled it. But the civil service are confident that while there would be disruption in Segura and Madruga, once this died down, the taxation of both territories would be increased by the new businesses, farms and fleets that would find homes there. Of course, it would be a bitter blow to the Freeborn pride to have to abandon Feroz, and mean accepting that the Freeborn did not expect the territory to be recovered any time soon. And as a Navari who longs for the return of Leathathen, I can empathise deeply with those feelings. As a third opportunity, the Assembly could enact a mandate urging freeborn citizens to stay in Feroz and cooperate with the Grendel. The occupation would like to be less onerous for those left in Feroz, but the Grendel would be free to secure their dominance in the territory. The National Assembly could encourage citizens to remain in Feroz and cooperate, securing their prosperity and safety as much as possible but they would cleave to their traditions and maintain their freeborn identity, albeit as subjects of a foreign power. Their prosperity would hardly be assured. They would still face onerous taxation and the whims of their Grendel overlords. But all the signs are that Governor Rahab would welcome a compliant populace. Businesses would be frequented by Orc and Imperial traders alike, Fleet owners would be offered contracts by merchants looking to protect their shipping or exploit new markets in the Empire. And Paradors would see Orc soldiers eating and drinking in the same room as freeborn workers. If this mandate were enacted, most of the remaining freeborn population of Feroz would choose to stay. They would face painful taxation, but they would be able to maintain their lives as close to normal as possible looking forward to the day when they could rejoin the empire. Cooperation would also ensure that there was at least possible, or at least the least possible disruption to their lives, and that the fewest people possible would be sent to the salt mines. Freedom of movement between Feroz and the rest of the empire would be limited, but not impossible. And it might even be possible for priests to cross the border to minister those still dwelling there, allowing the Synod's limited ability to support them with statements of principle and mandates. Of course, it would ensure the maximum profits for Governor Ahab. He clearly intends to squeeze his new subjects and tax them for every coin they can spare. And the more people who cooperate, the more money he will make. Well, that is hardly a positive. It would lead to further opportunities to trade with the Grendel governor in Feroz, and his allies, and potentially, the Empire could maintain a cautiously friendly relationship with Rahab's court. However, the expectation of the Freeborn in Feroz would be that this is a waiting game. They would assume that when the PT, the peace treaty, expires in autumn of 385, the Empire will move to liberate them. If this is not the case, then the populace are likely to be left feeling betrayed and abandoned. The more time that passes, the more those feelings will grow and any reassurance from the Synod will fall on deaf ears. Now, these mandates are considered to be competing And as such, whichever is passed with the greatest margin would be considered to have been successful, whilst the others fail. While in theory the actions of the Wisdom Assembly and the Sword Scholars would require a mandate to receive a greater majority, thanks to the spiritual pilgrimage called for during the Autumn Equinox, for this season only, mandates will only require a simple majority to be enacted. So, The political game and scene is set for what the citizens of Feroz should do. And I'm sure, once again, that any freeborn you might run across will have strong opinions on one of these three options. Stand and fight, stand and not fight, or flee. Of course, there are questions beyond the population itself, and many Imperial titles connected to Feroz can no longer be appointed. Obviously there continues to be no senator. The sorcerer Nets are in the hands of the Grendel, a boss seat. The offices of the Broken Shore Bounty were captured during again Grendel conquest of Oran, a precious source of Ilium. With the conquest of Oran as well, the imperial delegate to the temple in Feroz has lost access to their ministry. The spice gardens of Feroz are now under Grendel control. The Celesti Lighthouse has been captured, and finally, the offices of the Vizier of the Incardinine Satchel are also Grendel property. Grim tidings indeed for the Freeborn. Grim tidings indeed.